0: Okay. So I've had a lot of requests in the recent past talking about podcasting and I've been debating what to do because I've got a a podcast and I've got a lot of followers, um, thousands of people that listen to what we do here um, every week that is very successful. But I've been asked by people to do a podcast a little bit more focused on marketing and prospecting. And I think it's a really good idea because it seems like one of the biggest areas that people get stuck in in their business is not finding enough people to talk to. And being in network marketing for so many years, I've started in 2001 and I built before the internet and I built after the internet I think that it would be great to have some conversations about that, and then also have some guests on that can lend to this topic. And so, for those of you that are new and have never heard me before, I am Jen Springer, and that's when I started my journey. was 2001. I remember, you know, I was in my late 20s and I was working in corporate, and I hated corporate with a passion. I literally, I would drive to work. And it was back in the day where the cars, the windshields had the blue tint at the top. And I would go look through that tint and through the, the, you know, the window and look up to the sky and think, you know, I, I really want to find my way out of corporate. I hate this. I cannot imagine getting there. You know, at 65 years old, I saw my dad get laid off from his job you know he worked for this company since the 70s and then in the late 90s you know he'd worked for his company like 25 years or something like that and he was a VP and when the company sold he was one of the last men standing and you know they said that you know he was going to be part of the merger and all that stuff and I'm like watching this whole thing unfold this man in his late 50s and all the stress he went through and how they just sliced and diced people through their careers. And he lost his pension. Luckily he had some 401k and I thought I am not going to let that happen to me. And I just cannot stand this corporate thing. And so for many, many years, I was trying to figure out a way to do my own thing. And I'm, I tried many businesses, you know, the first business that I had was Oh, what was well, I guess I've to rewind even further back, you know, my grandmother was an entrepreneur and I used to do antique shows with my mom and my grandma would come sometimes. And so that was kind of the beginning of that entrepreneurial thing. But then what happened was back in the I don't know when it would have been. It would have been early 90s. Um I was on I I wanted to create horse equipment that was custom. For the type of riding that I was doing at the time and so I went to England with my dad and started you know interviewing saddle makers and you know having things custom made and I, that was a business I had started and so what was funny is that I was like twenty one when that was happening and um you know that business you know kind of took off but it didn't you know I was still trying to figure out what I'm doing with myself and then I moved that business went into I think it went into horse antiques next, you know, equine related antiques. And then that business went to horse blanket repair and horse leather repair. And then the final step with that company, cause I did that for a while and that was exhausting. I'm like, man, this is sucks. You know, I'm <laughs> doing my business. I'm like, this is too much work. If this is being an entrepreneur, cause it was very hard at leather work, man. I had like, uh, my pinky fingers were like calloused and bleeding from pulling the strings and repairing leather for saddles and bridles and stuff. And then I didn't do anything with that company for a year or two. And then I started with my network marketing company and you know, that was May of 2001. And within six months I was able to leave that job. I had replaced that. Well, the job of working at, I worked for Nissan, I was a quality engineer when I left that corporate environment Um, and that was six months. It was about six months or so after I had had that vision of driving down the road, looking through the blue part of the window on my screen, hoping for something to come to me that I could get out of corporate. And uh, I didn't think there was a way out. And uh, then that network marketing company came along and I was able to leave and do that within six months but you know how how was that done at the time that was back in 2001 and all i knew was you know my experience really had not been at all in network marketing i I didn't know either what network marketing was when i joined network marketing i was like well this principle is simple i didn't know what mlm was or nwn or network marketing or referral marketing or anything like that was i thought wow if I use a product and I tell people about it and they give me a check, if those people buy it and then if those people tell people, then I get a bigger check. And if I tell more people, my check gets bigger. I'm like, well, this is like the best thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. And this network marketing thing, which I didn't even know it was called. That is the bomb. <laughs> it's literally, I'm like, I literally saw a door open where I could leave corporate and go into another world of freedom. And I, the only thing that was driving me, you know, they say like, what is your why was I hated wearing uh, the uniform, not uniform, but like the dress code of corporate, you know, I couldn't wear gym shoes. I couldn't wear jeans. I couldn't, like wear open toed shoes, you know, all these stupid rules. And I hated that. That was one thing. The second thing was, is I really hated working when I was told to work. And third thing was I didn't like the fact that I had someone else determining my income. And mind you, I was in my late twenties when this was happening. And I wanted to show my horses. I wanted to be able to take off from Wednesday through sun you know Wednesday through Friday and most companies don't like that you know if you say i'm going to leave every wednesday or thursday and then not come back till monday so even no matter how much vacation you accrue it's kind of hard so i i needed to find a way out and when someone my sponsors who are actually my veterinarians you know, we were walking down the aisle of the company, or not the company, the barn. <laughs> it was because it's company in my brain. And and my vet said to me, you know, Jen, you know, we're having people over this weekend and we would like to talk to you about going into business with us. And I was like, what? You know, I'm in my late twenties and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I really respect my veterinarians and this is like really, really cool. Um, I wonder what they want to talk to me about. So I went to their house and I listened. And I was very skeptical, you know, back even in the early 90s or late early 2000s, network marketing was still like a weird thing, you know, uh, pyramid scheme and, you know, one of those things and all that. And I thought to myself, well, if everybody, you know, if this product was so amazing, why doesn't everybody know about it? And I had no idea of the politics of big pharma or any of that. And what happened was, I, I wasn't, what was that, March? It was about six weeks later, I joined the company and it took me from May until about August to get my bearings and to experiment with the product and kind of get just solid and not just kind of wrapping my head around how these companies work. And I still really didn't know. I had no formal training. And then I started telling people, I started sharing the product and you know, saying, hey, I don't know if you keep your options open, but you know, I'm trying this thing and it may work for you. It might not. And I just talked to everybody. And what happened was my first check was $6 or something like that. It was either $6 or $16. And I just remember holding that check in front of me, me find this thing here. I was pretend this was my check and I'm holding this thing and I'm like, I wish I took a picture of it. I wish I'd ever even cashed it. Cause really you guys, it doesn't matter. Like, if that $16 would be better on a frame on my wall than deposited in the bank. But at the time, I really needed the money. And I remember looking at that check thinking, wow, what's going to happen if I tell more people? And what happened was, is I did. I was a woman with my hair on fire. I thought, well, if I get my poop in a group and I start telling people how these products work, I get a bigger check, and maybe I can quit my job that I hate more than anything. I literally had had stomach ulcers from the stress of this job that for a company that could fire me at any moment, just like my dad got hacked and diced. And then, you know, here's this guy left in his late 50s with nothing. And I'm like, I do not want, well, he still did fine. But it was very stressful. My father was very stressed at that time. And I did not ever want that to happen to me like that. And but I'm not saying that network marketing is, is fabulous all the time. There's times of extreme stress and there's times of greatness and momentum, you know, it ebbs and it flows. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's your own thing, right? It's your own business and well directly and indirectly, obviously there's a company, but you're a distributor. So you are an independent business owner for this product. And I just remember what's going to happen if I put the pedal to the metal, and I so and I go for this, you know. I saw that door opening, and I saw that as a way for me to go out and find something that could be my own and give me the freedom to train my horses, show my horses, wear whatever I want. Which nowadays, ninety-five percent of the time, is riding clothes. <laughs> like today, I'm wearing my breeches and my nasty sweatshirt with stains all over it, and no makeup. And I did shower, though I will tell you that. And I, I wanted to be able to determine what my income was, and that has also been true. You know, working through that um, time of really starting to build my business. Of you know, fall of 2001, I was able to leave corporate April 1st of 2002 and be a network marketer full time since 2002. It was April Fool's Day of 2002, and I remember giving my notice and. The the guy who was my boss at the time was really kind of a jerk, and I remember him looking at me, and I could tell he was like, "Go have fun with your dreams, little girl," you know. And the funny thing was, is like down the road, I, a couple of years later, I found out that he got fired and was in trouble. And I'm thinking, you know, at that time I was close to six figures, and I'm like, "Who's the fool?" And uh, so, you know, here I am, still network marketing, and same companies I joined in 2001. But, you know, many things have changed over these years. And when I started with network marketing, you know, you could talk about it and people would be like, well, is this one of those things? Or, you know, I really didn't get that a lot because I, I had this, um, how do you want to say, like, uh, um, I always took this angle of wonderment, you know, and I was very strong in my belief in the business model. So I really didn't get that objection very often, but I know that was still around, you know, people that were in my team would get it. And nowadays that has changed a lot over the years. Network marketing is very accepted for the most part than it was back then. There's so many good companies that are out there and It's not just, you know, everybody thinks they have the best product and they're right. You know, there's a lot of really cool, innovative products that come through network marketing before they're available to the masses. And then, you know, companies pick up these technologies and then you see them, you know, years down the road in like Whole Foods or some other type of store. But originally those products were introduced through network marketing. And there is a different uh, viewpoint on that now. You know, people, like it most people I know have tried some type of direct sales or network marketing and most people fail. And the reason why most people fail is they run out of people to talk to. They talk to their friends and their family, and then those people say no, or maybe they just get a couple products and then from there they're stuck. And then what? Then they quit. You know, most companies have their beginner ranks, the middle ranks, and then their tall leadership ranks and a lot of people get stuck in those early ranks in any company because they go through their circle of influence and then they get stuck and they hit the wall. So what happens after that? You know, we call this network marketing, but we forget it's about tapping into networks. So why is it called network marketing? A lot of people don't even really think about that. And you're, you're literally tapping into your own network and then you're tapping into the networks of those people that they know and then, and so on. But what if you go through your network and you kind of go through that, you have to now go meet people and tap into other networks and you want to work with people who have an influence of a network. You know, they have a network and they are an influencer within that network. And that's how I looked at this business when I first started. I thought, well, you guys, I was not an influencer back then. You know, in my late 20s, I was, I still am an extreme introvert. But I was a super extreme introvert. It was myself. My friend was my sister. My other best friend was my husband at the time. And my horses. (laughs) And that was it. And I went to work. So to tell me that I could go talk to my list of 200 friends and family I did my list was like 12 people I did not know people and you know I would I worked that network that I had you know friends of my mom's and friendly you know as little friends I had people I worked with and I was able to get you know just starting uh, my volume up to about um five six thousand dollars a month seven thousand and then I, the way that I knew how to build at the time was through doing vendor events because I had done vendor events with my mom and my grandmother sometimes with the antiques. And I had also done retail for a very long time for 10 years selling jewelry. So, you know, having people walk up to me and me talking to them in a booth type of environment or over a counter was something I was very familiar with. And back then we would do a vendor event and i did everything you know a vendor event that the tables were ten dollars i did vendor events where my tables were twenty two hundred dollars and so i the whole gamut of things and i will tell you that not always the more expensive was the better um when it came to vendor events but the environment of vendor events or shows or you know expos or whatever you want to call them back then was very different than it was today today we have a market <laughs> my cat if you hear him meowing in the background he's bringing me his mouse because he thinks he caught it and he's giving it to me what are you doing there <laughs> it's so goofy if you hear the yowling, that's my cat He always likes to photobomb my videos and my audios, the audio bomb, that would be the other way. I hear you and I see that you catch things and you bring it to me for food. (laughs) He's just standing there. You guys, if you could see him, it'd be funny. So, you know, back then in an expo, the environment was very different. And I'm not kidding when I tell you this, we would do a vendor booth, like a women's expo or pet expo, and we would enroll like 40 people in a weekend you know, as primarily as product users. And that would be typical of a weekend, you know, at the time in 2001 through 2003, I was enrolling myself and my team about a hundred people a month. And obviously my team grew extraordinarily fast. And over the years, the vendor venues have changed a lot. Many of those vendor events that we had back then don't exist anymore. There were a lot of mind, body, spirit shows, a lot of women's expos and the landscape of that has changed and has become highly competitive. And you can go to those shows now and they're not, you'll be glad if you enrolled a few people because in network marketing, a lot of people are doing these vendor events and the vendor events are full of network marketing companies. So, people have changed their perspective. They're not in the buy now mentality as much as they used to be. And I'm not saying that don't do trade shows or vendor events or expos, you know, things that fall within that, but they're just different than they were. You know, we would enroll so many people in a month. And the problem was with that too is that we enrolled as many people, we enrolled a lot of people, but a lot of people fell off at the same time. You know, cause we, when you enroll that many people that fast, you can't always keep in touch with it, that many people. And that, you know, every now and then I still do some vendor events, but I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vendor events all over the United States from one corner of Washington, all the way to Florida. And I would drive and fly everywhere to do these events. And I will tell you that it was worth it. Um, I took out a, one of the things that they say in network marketing is to always do duplicatable things or duplicable, depending on how you like to say it. And I totally didn't. Um, my home at the time, I took out a thirty thousand dollar home equity line of credit and I uh, took that money and bought inventory and paid for vendor booths with that. You know, I secured in contracts to be exclusive at all these vendor shows at the time back in 2001 and early 2002 about 2002. Yeah. Some of it might've been into 2003. I don't remember, but you know, I was really serious. I I saw this door of getting out of corporate, you know, my, why my dreams of freedom were through the door to make this work. And I thought, you know, one of the problems I see in network marketing is that people fail because they are not committed. They, they look at this business like a, a hobby or You know, they may say they want it to work, but they don't do the actions or have the commitment to make it work. And they'll say, well, you know, if I told you right now listening to this, if you invested $30,000 today, would you do that if you knew within five years you would have a residual income of six figures? Most people would say, heck yeah, I'd do that. I'd figure out a way to come up with $30,000. But my job is in my late twenties and most people don't, won't commit to that level. I was terrified. I'm like, well, there's one way that Jen knows how to make Jen do something. And that's to commit to something really scary. And I'm like, well, I got to pay this off. So I better get my butt to work and make this thing happen. Cause I just took out this home equity line of credit to, to, uh, um, to pay for all this stuff to get my business going. And mind you guys, I'm not saying do that. Okay. I'm not saying to do that, but I know people that have done similar things. Uh, I know somebody in my upline I talked to about a year ago and it was very interesting. Cause I had heard about these people back in the nineties. It was very popular to do ad co-ops for network marketing. And there would be a, a bunch of, uh, you know, newspapers and magazines that if you put an ad in through this co-op, you'd get seen throughout and then they rotate the leads and things like that. And the person that I talked to, he said that in 1996, they invested $50,000, 50,000, $50,000 into advertising co-ops within six months. Now, for most people, that's terrifying. But he obviously had a level of commitment that was very high, just like me taking out that home equity line of credit. And he did amazing. You know, they, they ran their ads for the six months in the co-op and they sponsored some individuals. And they, to this day, are still getting paid on them since 1996. And that person, one of the people they sponsored through that ad co-op Sponsored some of the biggest leaders within the company today, and so that that ad co-op of that investment again, like I said to you a few minutes ago, if you had a crystal ball and knew that if you invested thirty thousand or fifty thousand dollars, and then within a finite period of time you would be making a residual six-figure income for a very long time, you would do it if you knew that was certain and guaranteed, but you can't, there's no guarantee within network marketing because the FTC, it's illegal. It's not right to say that. Your promises of this, it's like a scam, right? But you, it would sound like a scam. But if you, if you had that crystal ball, you would be fine and confident, but you don't. And the problem is, is that most people don't have the commitment because they're scared. They don't have the courage. They don't have the um, the skills you know they're, they're just their self-doubt and all those things but if people walked in and declared I'm going to do this I'm going to make it work no matter what because they see it as the doorway out of their current situation then they would make it happen at any cost and I'm not saying to invest a lot of money I'm saying invest your commitment so that you can get to that level of you know whatever your goal is five thousand a month ten thousand twenty thousand 20000 whatever it is that you want to make. And so, you know, back at that day, you know, this person did the ads co-op and has been earning great income since then because of their level of commitment on that. But the landscape has changed now with advertising, you know, advertising, once you get through your initial network of friends and family, you have to advertise somehow. And that's one thing that a lot of leaders don't talk about in different companies, or they may not even categorize some of the activities they do as advertising. You know, going to a BNI group, Business Networking International Group, is a form of advertising. Joining the Chamber of Commerce is a form of advertising. Posting uh, an event on meetup.com is an advertisement. Same with passing out flyers at church, or putting it on the menu at your favorite diner restaurant, you know, the the menu or that placemat advertising. Or same with radio ads. You know, I recently, I talked to somebody that is, um, that is, well, is a, and I was gonna say was, but it's still present tense, they still are, and um, an agent for radio ads. And that, I just asked that person, I said, you know, I'm curious, what is, the the start for getting into radio ads and he and this person said between five and ten thousand dollars just to get started most is 15. i'm like holy moly so there's radio there is also print ads that's pretty much kind of gone to the wayside depending on where you live in the country there's still some left of advertising on print Um, it's not the number one way to get the message out these days Um, but it's still viable in some communities depending on your demographic or where you live or who you're trying to hit but there's also mailers Um, you could do mailing through the post office every door direct is the program through the post office you could do mailers you could do you know letters you could do um uh what do you call them Uh, postcards you know through every door direct and then there's the good old list buying that was very popular in network marketing for many years where you could buy lists of people that had certain interests and you can still buy lead lists, you know, where you could buy names with their, you know, their addresses and send people hard copy mail. But the problem is, is there's often a huge investment in doing those things. And you may be spending a couple hundred dollars or you could be spending thousands and thousands. I've priced out doing every door direct because I was going to do it, you know, writing postcards. Good thing I didn't because I, I thought I knew copywriting back then, but I didn't. Uh, I probably would have wasted my money. Now I know much more about copywriting and I would not claim myself as the biggest pro in the universe, but I could say that my copywriting skills are much higher than they were in the past. But I will say that, you know, that I think nowadays, if you're looking to do ads, you know, I never want people to take away their offline prospecting and meeting people. You know, I, I personally believe in, in network marketing, it's important to prospect in a few different ways, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. I personally like to meet people and meet more people and meet more people. i I'll, it's, I'm very much known to meet people through Facebook and especially if they're local and say, Hey, let's go for coffee or go for lunch. Some of my best friends right now in my life I've met on Facebook, <laughs> my partner, Monty, I met him on Facebook be careful who you friend. (laughs) You know, my friend Patty I met on Facebook, my friend Leah, my friend Jen, um, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think of, I know I've got quite a few. Oh, my really good friend Kelly. I met everybody on Facebook through social media and I'm an introvert. So for me just to walk up to people I don't know, it's very challenging. But if I can get people to know people before I meet them in person, I do very well. I feel very comfortable. And So like, you know, what do you have now besides, you know, your offline prospecting and meeting people is now we have the internet. And I absolutely love the internet because of so many reasons. Like I said, I can meet friends (laughs) and not be so awkward and such a weirdo because I am an extreme introvert. And I just rather just hang out with animals and pet cats all day long. And so the thing is with the internet is that we have many platforms on advertising. And what do we have that... Is you know different than back then. You know I was gonna bring it upstairs here just to talk about, and I saw it in my local paper recently, and I picked it up again the other day. Where to run an ad in that paper today for one week with a little bit of digital presence, mostly print presence, was four hundred dollars in a week. Most platforms on the internet you could get started for like four hundred a month. And, but there's a lot of confusion with that right now. It's like, what platforms are out there? Well, you have good old Facebook, of course. You've got Instagram, you've got LinkedIn, you got Pinterest, you got YouTube, you got Google, you got Twitter, you got this new thing called, what is it called? TikTok, and you got um, Snapchat, and you got like new things coming up every day on the internet. So what do you do with that? information. You know, how do you start? Where do you begin? If you're going to do stuff online, I love the internet because I like to prospect people that are all over the country. And I also like the fact that I can meet people and they can kind of get to know me before I talk to them, because as somebody who, you know, has had social anxiety in the past, it's easier for me. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are, very extroverted, outgoing individuals, and they love the internet as well. I've worked with many people of both sides of that. But, you know, when it comes to the internet, you know, people, there's a lot of things going on with the gurus, the gurus and quotes and caps, that's very confusing and conflicting. And in 2007 is when I joined Facebook. At the time, Twitter was really hot. And so was MySpace, you know, this MySpace was actually the hot thing. And then this new platform called Facebook came along. And I just remember thinking, gosh, there has to be a way to make this work, you know, through these websites, you know, it's just brand new and, and all that. And there wasn't even ads on Facebook yet. But I remember studying all these people on how to You know, get what they called back then Edge Rank, how to get your stuff seen and how to, you know, um, start building a list and how to do this and that. And it was all very confusing. I was super confused for many years because a lot of them appear to be on a lot of platforms. And what I've learned over the years is when you're new starting on the internet, it's really best to go with the platform you like the best. Don't ever go to a platform because you think you should. You know, if you love Facebook, stay on Facebook. Facebook actually has the best targeting, you know, to find your ultimate and best prospect. If you love doing videos, go on YouTube. If you like going business to business, go to LinkedIn. If you like to waste your time, go to Twitter. If you like, you know, just to put up pretty photographs and try to build an organic reach, go to Instagram. If you, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. If you're an extreme extrovert, go to TikTok or whatever it is, you know, I'm not on there. I just can't wrap my brain around it yet. Maybe I will someday, but you go to a platform that you really like, you know, if you really want to go straight up ads, Facebook is still the number one platform for ads. It's the easiest place to get started. It's got the best targeting. Um, Google is second to that. Uh, Google is more complicated though. Um, The targeting is not as tight. You know, it's not as specific, but it, you also need more money to get started on Google. I um, mean, you can get started for about, you know, 10 bucks a day on Facebook, but Google's more than that. You know, Google uh, owns YouTube, so you've got more money on that as well. I love videos, I love videos a lot. The um, Instagram is very difficult to do ads on because the targeting is very smattered. You know, the, the profiles don't have a lot of demographic data, it's more based on behaviors and things like that. So it's tougher to target. Some people do very well with Instagram ads. I'd prefer, you know, I've tracked what's gone on with my ads on Instagram. And there's some weird things that have happened. Um, so I primarily stay on Facebook. <laughs> it's just as easy as that. And you know, if you, you know, going through the platforms, you know, what's happening right now on Facebook is that, you know, Facebook made some heavy duty changes in 2018 where organic reach has basically, you know, gone away. And Facebook has, you know, Facebook is always changing, which I love that. It's never boring. But, and I understand where Facebook is coming from. Because it's, you know, I, some of you may have heard me talk about this analogy. You know, if I went to the mall with a table, and I was selling t-shirts, and I just like, set up my t-shirt shop in the mall with a table, you could bet that that mall security and then some administrators would come up to me and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, Did you pay for this table? And then they'd want a percentage of my sales, which that's what the mall does. I've worked for stores in the mall. And Facebook says, it's like the same thing. It's like, hey, if you wanna do your business here, you're more than welcome. We loved having you here. However, you need to pay to have your stuff seen as a business. And that you know paying them is through ads and i get that you know and if you have a budget of whatever amount of money you can probably get started somehow on facebook and that's why i love facebook uh, facebook the the disadvantage to facebook is it's there's a learning curve and it's hard to get started because you're learning by experimenting unless you coach with somebody and, and learn the secrets that way but you know i i fiddled around for like eight years Trying to figure out Facebook ads, and that was fun. <laughs> I, I've had my account banned a couple times before that. Before I figured it out, and spent about six thousand dollars on ads that never worked, and about thirty grand in coaches that never worked. But you know, that's just one side of it. Now, outside of that, you know, that's one of the most uh, easily targeted platforms that you could possibly go on, though. What I mean by that, by targeting is, you know, if you think in your mind, who is your ideal prospect, I want to work with women that are 33 to 53 who who have gotten a bachelor's degree and now they have a, you know, they're a mom and they're married, they live in Florida and they drive an SUV, (laughs) whatever. You can target that on Facebook you know the targeting is not as close on on Google or is like that you know as much The thing is with Google is that Google has been around a very long time and personally I'm a huge fan of YouTube. YouTube is a platform that you can get visible It's very hard to get any organic reach on Facebook these days, especially through a business page. Um, the thing is with Google Google, itself if you're doing display ads uh, or you know you got the ones that the sponsored ads at the top or even on the side those you know you got to p- pay to outbid the other people and you've got to be a good copywriter in order to get response which is fine you know that's a skill that i think everybody should learn how to do um, copywriting to some degree even if you're not ever going to run an ad, because then you can invite people to your presentations, you can text out to your organization and get people to start using more product or start sharing with others when you know how to write properly. But the secret to Google is you know, really doing some cool things is through YouTube. Um, YouTube, you can target you know, different, ad, you know, different videos, you can target different keywords, I love YouTube. It's, it's just it's my favorite platform, to be honest. Don't tell Facebook that. Facebook will think I'm cheating on them. But YouTube is really um, a platform that you can still get some organic visibility through how you title your videos, how you write the description in your videos, um, the content in your videos. It's very, um, I think it's more obtainable to do organic reach that way. Facebook is kind of gone in that direction, it's gone, like you can't organically reach very easily unless you still have a a huge personal network that you can work with. But Google um, via YouTube is a wonderful platform to be able to get the word out if if you like to do videos. Um, I love to do videos and I think that everybody should get their iPhone out and start filming themselves and get comfortable doing that because you build trust with your prospects so much faster through videos. and they get to see you, they get to hear you, they get to see your expressions, they, they're, they're picking up on things they're not even conscious of and, and if they're, you know if that's somebody that would work for them in their life. So I, I absolutely have a love affair with YouTube because of that reason. Um, I love Instagram for the pictures and the cat videos and the horse videos and all those things. Instagram is the platform to build if you want to build an organic brand, you know, following through branding and you have to be really serious about it. You guys, if you want to build a brand, it's going to take two to six years or longer to build that thing. Most people that I know that have gone big time, you know, you think that they're a, a massive influencer have been building solid content for years and years and years and years. They're still posting even though nobody is responding. They are still doing little videos even though nobody's watching. They are, you know, they'll have a great video and then a great post that goes viral and then they won't have another one. You know, it's a lot of work, a lot of networking, I know of somebody that's in my company that has made it to you know the the leadership high leadership ranks, that they were spending you know between 40 and 60 hours a week on their phone on Instagram to get to that rank. I'm not that motivated. Um, I prefer ads. That's just me. It does cost money to do ads though, and it's organic reach and time on Instagram, and you can do that too it's just a matter of what you like to do. I love the video, the the little videos on Instagram. I love the featured stories. I love the pictures and the hashtags and all that. Um, It's just a matter of how do you want to build? You know, do you want to do sweat equity? That's Instagram. Um, So it's a great platform. It's You know, also, people say, well, there's younger people on Instagram. And that's true and not true. I think Facebook still has many young people. I know a lot of young individuals. Even when we run ads, we're still getting great results from younger demographics. So it's kind of, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. You go with what you like. Um, Going into LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn is a business, more of a business to business professional platform. But there's a lot of people that are on Instagram building their network marketing companies. There's, oh, I think I ran this query and it was about 4.2 million on Instagram that were involved in network marketing that I could try to get the numbers. I could be wrong. I could have done a strange query that was not the right number, but that's number I did when I ran um, a specific query with a keyword, and that's it's a lot of people trying to get to the top of their company. Um, LinkedIn is, uh, I know LinkedIn's got different options for things to to promote, but it's really one of those. The best ways to do LinkedIn is through manual connection, you know, and get to know people, just like other platforms. But there's a little more um, action in and reaching out and starting a conversation with people through LinkedIn than at some of the other platforms. Um, you also have things like, you know, people. Pinterest is not my thing. I, I used to really love Pinterest, but to me, I, I feel like it's moved on. And I could be totally wrong. I know there's people out there saying Pinterest is revived and they're selling courses on Pinterest now. If that's your jam, go do that, right? It's not what I do at this moment because um, I want to go where there's the most people and that's Facebook and YouTube and you know through YouTube and Google. So there's that. Um, and then Twitter, you know, Twitter ads used to be really fantastic and really popular. And then that's gotten a little bit um, uh, dried up, I guess you'd say, a lot of celebrity stuff on Twitter and a lot of, you know, that type of thing, but what we're finding on Twitter is you really have to be constantly posting because something gets gone very fast, and so if that's your jam, like I've said about some other things, you can go on there, you can still run Twitter ads, but honestly, you know, my personal thoughts are pick one or two of these and really learn it and do it, and, and don't be like, oh, I think I need to do Instagram and I'm also going to have a Pinterest and then I'm going to have a blog and then I'm going to have a this and then you're going to be all fried out and nothing is good. You know, you're better off doing one thing and getting really good at it versus trying to do a hundred things and be half-assing it all. You know, blogging used to be super popular. You could, I had a blog that ranked on the first couple things on a very competitive keyword and then you know, Google changes the algorithms for the search engines and then you're not even you're wiped off the planet in the matter of a change. And you know, there I think blogs are very valid, especially if you want to build a brand. But my my feeling about building a brand is opposite of other people. Like instead of posting a thousand posts a day, I think it's easier to run some lower um lower budget ads to Get some of your brand materials out there and start a following, you know, where you can get your information out there, running some ads where you're, you know, sending people to your blog post, or you're sending people to a video or something of that nature because people will then um, see you. You know, you may not be asking for an opt in email address, you may not ask them to buy anything, you're just getting visual. You'll build a brand much faster that way than trying to organically do it. Even if it's a $5 a day ad, or you know maybe you're spending 10 bucks you know, a couple times a week for a blog post or even a post you write on your Facebook. But remember, your Facebook page is not gonna get seen unless you run an ad. That's what I was talking about. Facebook has killed all organic reach. You, if you post all day long on your business page, nobody's gonna see it. And the difference between your business page and your personal profile, people often get confused. Well, Jen, I'm posting all every day. I'm like, "What are you posting on my page?" And then I find out it's their profile. So I'm like, "The thing you log in with, you know, and you see as soon as you log in is your profile. Your business page is something that you create to, you know, promote your network marketing company, your product, or your coaching or your branding or whatever it is that you're doing. So you know, just to differentiate that." So you know that um, is kind of the 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 landscape of what's happening in the near you know future. I personally do most of my prospecting nowadays on Facebook. I still do my out and abouts. I don't think that you could be all digital or you know in this day and age. You to some degree maybe you can. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I still think it's good. If one well dries up, you're not up a river without a paddle. You know you have a you know an online presence with generating leads on facebook and then maybe you're dabbling a little bit on youtube and then you're still like meeting people you know reaching out and making friends you know that this business is relationship and one thing that people often think about the internet and i'll probably do more talking about this in the future is that you know people think the internet is the easy way out and that it's easy well i don't like talking to friends and family so i'm just going to do ads well I'm going to tell you what, if you have a problem with friends and family and you start talking to people on the phone, you're going to have a problem with them too. You know, people are people and people will start to run ads and they think it's all a great idea until the first prospect gets on the phone. And then they're thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, what, <laughs> what is this? I got a human. I'm like, what'd you think? Who do you think was going to respond to your ad? Like robots? You know, it's, it's a matter of you know preparing yourself to talk to people. We have a relationship business in network marketing. This is not run an ad and automatically enroll people and make a million dollars. That's not how this works. If you're running an ad, you still have to talk to people, build the relationship, bring them into your team and nurture that relationship. It's no different than if you ran an ad like standing behind a table at an expo and you meet the person, you get to know them, you sponsor them, you continue the relationship. It's not any different. You know, I've compared prices on ads, you know, of what it costs for doing a great vendor event, you know, a good one, not like some weirdo, like cheesy non-promoted one, but a good vendor event where you're gonna have, you know, thousands of people come through. And I've priced out buying leads from lead vendors and also running ads on the internet and it all comes down to about the same dollar and cents per lead that you talk to and then per person you sponsor. It, it averages out to be about the same dollar amount. It's just a matter of how do you want to build? You know, do you love the technology? I'm a techno geek. I love the technology. I love figuring things out. I love just the whole thing about the, the technology of the internet just makes me excited. And standing like behind a table in a booth, I like that too because I can stand there and people walk by and they're looking at me and they want to talk to me about my product. So those were my two favorite ways of building throughout the years. And I encourage you to do it however works for you the best. You just have to be genuine in what you're doing and expect to always be building with a relationship, not some automated way that is going to be easy because there is no easy way. To the top of a company. You know, if you're going to make a six figure income or higher, you have to work that business as if you are worthy of that six figures and be able to bring in the income, or bring in the, the belief and the expertise within yourself to get that income as well. I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it doesn't just miraculously happen overnight. And you have to be committed, you know, there's times that your business is going to fly and you'll be exponentially growing every month. And then there's going to be businesses where your volume is almost half as it was a few months ago. And the longer you do this business and the more you just keep talking to new people and you start enrolling new people and you start launching new people and they start talking to people, you'll just continue to grow. You know, I've been stuck many times in my network marketing business. More times than I could tell you, (laughs) and my longest platform, my longest plateau was eight years at the same rank, and I still it was good volume. I was making you know my volume was between sixty five and eighty five thousand dollars a month at the time when I was stuck. So it was still a good stuck, but you know, the only way out of stuck if you're stuck in your business right now and you're not growing, the 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 question is always why and I know I'll talk about this in the future I I believe there's three reasons why people get stuck but there's only one way out of stuck and that is talking to new people and sponsoring new people and you know if you look back at the last 90 days and you can count all of your prospects on one hand and you know all their names you do not have enough prospects you should have so many prospects that you don't remember all their names that's when you're getting in your pipeline really full and it takes you know between 90 days and 6 months to really fill the pipeline to where then it will pop and then your volume will really go cuz you're getting all these enrollments but there's the only way out of stuck is is new people and that's the same thing for your team and if you think you can tell your team to get going and start sponsoring and you're not doing anything then You're not growing because they won't do that. They're only going to do what you're doing. And I know this from personal experience. You know, I've tried to coach my team out of stuck and it doesn't work. The only way out of stuck is you getting out of stuck personally and your team will follow. It's unfortunately true. You know, if you think you get to a leadership rank and now you can kick back and lead and not sponsor still, you're going to get really stuck. And that's a trap that sometimes happens in network marketing companies. You know, people get to a leadership position and they make a big fuss and, you know, celebrate and give awards for that leadership position. And they start calling these people leaders, including myself. And then people start leading and they stop sponsoring new people. And, you know, if you, the most successful leaders in this industry are sponsoring people all the way, even when they're still at the top rank, they're still sponsoring new people every month, even though they've reached the pinnacle of that compensation plan. So anyways, I just wanted to uh, today give some thoughts and some background of, you know, where I've come from in this industry, what I've done over the years and how my prospecting has transformed. And I've done everything as far as prospecting. I mean, I've done some crazy things off to tell some stories, <laughs> you know, crazy stories about events I refused to do and events that were the best and, you know, all that stuff. But um, anyways, I just want to thank you for coming today. And, uh, um, you know, I hope this was good and useful. And we will see you guys next time. Take care of yourselves. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.